So it's just something, it's kind of a red flag. And we're asking, hey, what happened here? Tell us the story. How were you able to take 5% bad debt and push it all the way down to half a percent? Are you changing the rules of how you're basically reporting losses on your T12? Or have you brought maybe change new management and maybe something else happened? So it's really just looking at the trends is very, very important to understand the picture. And that's going to really tell you the story of what happened with the property and where the property is going in terms of performance. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth season of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. Real estate investing is not rocket science. But it's not a fairy tale either. It's an incredible investment vehicle that builds and grows wealth. I have done it, and this is why so many of the wealthiest people in America and in the world actually invest in real estate as well. Listen in every week to learn about all the different real estate asset classes, which strategies experienced and successful investors use to live their best lives, and the processes to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just listen in every week to grow your knowledge along with me and to move your finances to a place where you can live an extraordinary life. This show is sponsored by my company, Blue Lake Capital, where we help passive investors grow their wealth through large multifamily investments and funds. To learn more about my company and invest in with me, visit www.bluelake-capital.com. Welcome to Ready to Scale Season 4. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ready to Scale Season 4. This is Ellie Perlman broadcasting from Providence, Rhode Island. Today, I want to talk to you about how we use data to make better investment decisions. And I have to admit, I love data. I love looking at data, I love, you know, access to data that can help me make better decisions because guess what? When you're looking at data, it helps you get rid of the emotional attachment that you may have if you see a really beautiful property and you want to have that pride of ownership of owning this beautiful, you know, complex when you look at data, it helps you detach from that emotional part, whether it's a really big deal that you want to own or very, very beautiful property. Look at data. It would help you make the right decisions because the numbers tell a story and it's a story that is not always pleasant. So that really helps us drill down and understand, is this the right market? Is this the right property? Is this the right opportunity? So I wanted to share with you the three ways that Blue Lake, my company, uses data to make better investment decisions. And, you know, we own over 2,300 units across the U.S. in several different markets. And so... We normally like deals that are 300 units plus between 60 million and 150 million. That's basically, you know, our range and $100 million. These are the sweet spots. So for that amount, there are so many beautiful properties. And I don't even walk properties before the numbers make sense, at least in the initial underwriting. So the first way of using data is when it comes to the underwriting, there are some assumptions that you have to make as an investor before you buy anything, obviously. Some of the main ones are the rent increases, concessions, and vacancy. So rent increases is obviously, you know, how much you increase, you push rents, 
year over year. And it's not necessarily how much you get in premiums after renovating a unit, but assuming there's no renovation, how would you be able to push rents? What is the market telling you? Can you push rents by five, seven, ten percent, which we have received those numbers in some markets. Other markets, we can get even five percent. It's only two percent. So rent increase is one of the things that can make or break a deal. The other part is vacancy, as I've mentioned. Are we talking about five percent vacancy or nine percent? That can be very, very impactful when it comes to the underwriting and concessions. Do you need to offer a month free to lure tenants into your property because there are just so many properties in the area and everyone is competing for the same tenants? Or are you the best one in town and you don't need to offer concessions? Maybe the submarket is so strong that tenants are willing to pay market price to be at your property. So rent increases, concessions, and vacancies are very, very important factors when it comes to the underwriting. And it's very dangerous to use a rule of thumb or just a feeling and say, you know, rent increase 3%, which is a number that many sponsors like, 3% year over year. That's what we're going to put in our underwriting. 5% vacancy, 0% concessions, you know, because it feels good, it feels right, and the numbers work great when you do that. That's a very dangerous thing to do. And what we do, we basically look at two things, the two resources. One of them is how are other properties performing or other properties nearby in that sub-market. And that's a good intel because we can say, hey, you know, we own 1,500 units in this market. Average vacancy is X. Average concession is Y. We get 7% rent increases across the board. So we can use those numbers or slightly lower numbers because this is how much we, with our capabilities as owners, that's what we get, you know, in that sub-market. That's one piece of the puzzle. These are not the only fact, this is not just looking at a portfolio. That's not enough. We're also using an AI machine learning technology. We have access to this very expensive software that tells us how is the sub-market, well, the MSA, the sub-market, and the comps. So competitors and those who are pretty much similar to the property in question, what is their rent increase? What is their concession that they're offering? What's the vacancy? So we basically look at the historical performance of the comps and the submarket. And also the beauty in the software is that it predicts in the next three years using AI technology, how is this specific property going to perform? What would be the rent increase at this property, what's going to be the concessions and the vacancy in the next three years. And that's a very, very powerful tool. So we're using the AI technology coupled with actual numbers from, you know, our other assets and how they're performing because it's a little bit of art, a little bit of science. And we look at the underwriting for a specific deal and we say, okay, this is what we need to use for rent increases. So for instance, if the AI technology is predicting a 7% rent increase in year one and 6% increase in year two and maybe 2% increase in year three, 
then I always like to take slightly lower numbers and add them as the rent increase. Maybe we'll use even 0% in year one just to test it out. So using technology to guide us when it comes to assumptions, because assumption could be any number that you're going to put in your model, that has been tremendously helpful for us to stick to the conservative deals that actually work because we take emotions out of the equation. We don't get confused because we want to own a certain asset really badly. We rely on technology. We rely on actual you know, assets performance. And that's those numbers. This is the thing that makes me comfortable, not only invest my own money in those deals, but also bring those deals to my investors. And so that's one of the ways that we use data to make better investment decisions. The other part of it is, you know, how we we use data in our investment decision-making process is look at the demographics. So when it comes to a specific area, we're not just looking at the median household income. This is a big part of underwriting and looking at the area, but we want to make sure that this specific area has a good diversification across versus industries, that there's no exposure to a few industries that have been impacted by COVID, for instance, accommodation. So it could be a very beautiful property, but if 35% of the local you know, tenant base is employed in the accommodation or retail industry, that can impact your cash flow and your ability to collect rent. So, you know, we want to make sure when we're looking at the demographics that there's a diversification of industry and there's not just one big employer or one industry that is very dominant because, you know, when we move to the next or set to the next part of the cycle, some industries are being impacted by a shift in the cycle and some are not. And we want to get that nice diversification. So we're just looking at, you know, that data as well. So besides using AI technology and looking into the industry exposure, we are also looking for trends. And this is something that is extremely important you know, these days, investors are really eager to get a deal. And so it's very easy to look at what we call T3 income. And T3 income means trailing three months of income. They're going to look at the last three months and they're going to annualize it and use it as a baseline for their performa for the future performance of the property. Now, that's very dangerous because what happened in the last three months is not necessarily an indication of what happened in the last 12 months or what's going to happen in the next 12 months. Even more so, some deals have been underwritten based on a T1 income. So basically, some buyers are looking at the last month income and assume that that's what's going to happen as a baseline every month moving forward. Again, that could be an anomaly. There are seasonalities. So what we do... We're basically looking at trends. So we're looking at our underwriting proprietary underwriting model basically maps out the profit and loss statements, the the trailing 12 income and expenses. And we're basically looking at trends when it comes to the income and when it comes to the expenses. So we're looking at what is the situation? What are the numbers telling us? The last month of operations three months, six months, nine, and 12 months. 
And that helps us focus on the trends or where the property is going. So for instance, if we're looking at total income and we see that it's, let's say, half a million in the last month of operations, but going back to six months, it was 450 and 12 months ago, it was 400. That helps telling a story that the income at the property has been increasing steadily in the past 12 months. And so that's a positive thing. But I'm not, I'm still not going to take the last month and assume that that's going to be the case moving forward. But this is a positive trend. And then on the flip side, if we're looking at bad debt, for instance, which is all the delinquent rent that cannot be collected, and it's basically reported as a loss in the books. Let's say that the annualized T3 trailing 12 months is, let's say, half a percent, which is still reasonable. So half a percent of the total income is lost. We cannot collect it from tenants. That could be maybe an impressive number. But if I go back to six months annualized bad debt, maybe that number is 1%. And if I look at the annualized nine months, it's 2%. And annualized 12 months, or not annualized because it's 12 months, so the, last, the average of the last 12 months, I'm looking at 5%. Now, that's a very, very different story. And if I were to focus on the last one or three months, I'm totally, totally missing the picture of what's going on at the property. So it could be, that someone got really good at collecting delinquent rent and killing that bad debt over time, or someone wanted to sell the property at a higher price and start to play some, some games with the financials, which also happens. So it's just something, it's kind of a red flag. And we're asking, hey, what happened here? Tell us the story. How were you able to take 5% bad debt and push it all the way down to half a percent? Are you changing the rules of how you're basically reporting losses on your T12, or have you brought maybe change new management and maybe something else happened? So it's really just looking at the trends is very, very important to understand the picture. And that's going to really tell you the story of what happened with the property and where the property is going in terms of performance. So these are the three ways of how we at Blue Lake use data to make better investment decisions. It starts with basically using machine learning technology that predicts the various assumptions on our underwriting, such as rent increases, concessions, vacancy, and we combine that with actual numbers on other assets in that submarket. We're also, as I mentioned, we're we're looking at the industry you know, exposure when it comes to, you know, the job market to make sure, you know, this is a safer submarket that is not going to be impacted by the next recession. And we're also focused on trends, never on the last one to three or six months, always looking at the trends, where the numbers are moving and what is that telling us about the property? Because it always tells us every property has a story and the T12 may look like a boring document, but it's, it definitely tells us interesting stories. That's it for today, guys. Be bold, be great, keep pushing forward, and I'll see you on the next episode.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>